have a dream that all men are created equal. Welcome back, everybody, to your story. I'm your host, Ian Cast. This is episode 56. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's nice music. I like uh, Sarah's voice. I think it's beautiful. I'd never like to try and get to those notes. I could never get up that high. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. And it's a, there's another track coming up in, in a moment called Lazy Sunday, and it's Sunday here in Brisbane, Australia, as I talk to you. And, uh, yeah, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. It's been quite a while since I've uh, done an episode because... I've been working way really hard at Create Your Life Story and uh, putting out a lot of really cool content. If you haven't been over to the other podcast, if you haven't been over to the other site, go check it out, createyourlifestory.com. It's where I'm showing people how to record themselves or record somebody else in their life and maybe create a bit of heritage for the family or maybe for the greater society. Anyway, you can go check that out if you want. It's all about life story biographies. I've also been doing a little bit of work on a film, a film called... Terra Nova. Yeah, it's a sci-fi TV series on the Gold Coast. I've did a few weeks on that and uh, it was really interesting. I'm writing a post about it on my personal site at the moment and uh, I'm really quite glad to be off it. But it was good for a bit of a cash injection, which unfortunately I do need from time to time. I live lean, but I don't live on nothing. So I do need to get a bit of, get a bit of money from time to time. So that's what I've been doing lately. And uh, I was going to get this episode out to you about a week ago, actually, and then all of a sudden my four-year-old Mac decided it needed a bit of uh, tech love, so I had to go and get it some uh, loving guidance and advice and change a graphics card and do a bit of work on it. But it's all up to speed, and I'm getting this episode out. So it's taken a while, and I apologise for that, but, you know, as I've explained it to you before, that's the way it is. You know, this is the world of free content, and you basically, it is as it is. But I still think it's really good content. I hope you do too. And if you want to let me know what you think of the show, 
just leave a comment at the end of the post or send me an email at chat at yourstorypodcast.com. The site address, of course, is that yourstorypodcast.com where you can uh, go and dig up all the other previous episodes. We're sitting on, like I said, 56 episodes now and we've got about, I think, 20-something addendum episodes of my travels. Go and check them out and uh, let us know what you think. I always appreciate any feedback and comments and people letting me know what they think of the show. But although it's been a little while since I put out an episode, you're going to get two episodes back to back because just after I finish recording this, I'm going to start recording the uh, introduction for the next episode, which I've actually got finished editing. So you're going to have that up within the next couple of days. So you're going to have a really great episode with John Birmingham, the author of uh, He Died with a Falafel in His Hand and many other wonderful books. So that's coming through in just a couple of days. You'll see that in your feed or you can come back to the site and look at it on the site. And while you're at the site, you know, if you're just listening to it off the site, why don't you click on the iTunes image on the uh, the iPhone image on the sidebar there, and that'll take you over to iTunes, and you can subscribe to the podcast and get it downloaded free to your computer or to your iTunes account. Uh, yeah, do that. Do that. And that way you will never miss an episode because, like I said, it's coming out a little bit irregularly at the moment, so as you're coming back to the site, it'll just turn up in your account. And while you're there, if you want to make a comment, that's always appreciated. Because every country has a different iTunes store, the comments will only appear for your country. So at the moment, we have a lot of countries around the world that don't have any comments in them at all, which means that it makes it a little bit difficult for people to understand what the show's about, from your point of view anyway, rather than from my point of view and the blurb that I put on iTunes. You can stumble it, dig it, and there's also an Amazon link because Christmas is coming up. And if you do your Christmas shopping on Amazon, why don't you use the Amazon link on the site? You can use the search there. You can go crawling around Amazon and buy all the different things that you're going to purchase for your family and friends, and you'll have exactly the same shopping experience. But I'll get a small return for it, and that will help to uh, pay for the not insignificant costs of running a podcast. So if you want to do that, that'd be great, and share it around with anybody else that you know who might be interested also. And I do love it when you share the show because frankly, I'm putting this out for free and I want you to share it around. I make no claims to it. These are other people's stories and they're sharing them with me and I think it's important just to get these stories out. So if you want to share them with other people, burn CDs or whatever, go for it. You have my automatic consent to basically rip it, copy it, burn it, share it, go for it and spread spread the love around. Uh, it's important that we all get to hear all these other stories. And today's story is about music. You can hear a bit of music in the background. That's beautiful lilting jazz that's bubbling away underneath me at the moment. And you're going to hear a little bit more throughout the show. If you want to go to the site, episode 56, which is all about Sarah, we're speaking about jazz, music, how she got there, what it takes to make a career in jazz um, as it's developing. And there's tidbits of advice for somebody who might be coming through, might be learning what's necessary to be successful in jazz, what do you need to do, how to go about it. These are some of the methodologies that Sarah's using to get there. So if you like the music that you hear, go to the site at episode 56 on yourstorypodcast.com and there are links across to Sarah's site, there is audio, there's even a video of one of the tracks that she mentions during this particular episode. And uh, you can download the music, purchase the music, get it from iTunes or from her own personal site, whatever way you like, because that supports her. And uh, it's good if she can get a little bit of support. And uh, this is my way of doing it by getting her story out. And after all, this is Sarah's story.
17th of November 2010. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Welcome to your story. And I'm interested to know your story because you're a jazz musician and I heard you for the first time fairly recently performing at one of our tango malongas. And may I say, you reminded me, and I think I said on the night, that you reminded me somewhat of Diane Kral. <laughs> you reminded me of Diane Kral. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's really interesting. And, and you're good. You're really good. So I wanted to talk about jazz. And I want to talk about what it's like being an independent musician, particularly in jazz. What's the scene like? What's the lifestyle like? And I want to talk about your dark secrets maybe dark chocolate secrets but more about that a little <laughs> bit later <laughs> so give us a bit of a quick overview for the moment Sarah about what how did you get into jazz and what is jazz to you um well I'm I got into jazz through one of my singing teachers who um Antonia Breen was her name and she was also a teacher for Kate Miller Heike um and um Antonia introduced me to jazz really before that this is when I was 17 though before that I was just singing pop songs and mainly Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and things that were way beyond my league at that age um have you always been a singer yeah yeah what, I've always you're like a six-year-old singing dancing around the house well not so much dancing that was never a strength um so yeah always making up songs you know and um always singing to something um took up the saxophone that probably introduced me to jazz not as a singing thing but it's obviously a jazz is a very instrumental what age were you when you took up sax um i was in grade five so, so um, that's the age you started yeah. seriously learning well music. i started in grade five i played it all the way through just after year 12 so what did you study at uni i did um well after a kind of false start of six months of international business because economics was my stronger subject in school um, and music definitely wasn't. So anyway, I dropped out of that and took singing lessons with Antonia and started working on some jazz and then, then went and studied up in Townsville at James Cook University um, and I did my Bachelor of Music up there. Okay, so you did formally study music? Yeah. Okay, so that's what you've got, a Bachelor of Music? I've got a Bachelor of Music and then I tagged on another year and did honours and then after a little while... After three or four years, I went back and did my master's in music as well. And where did you do that? I did that at the Brisbane Conservatorium. So, right. Queensland. So were you performing during all of this? Or yeah. Was... Yeah, I started performing in, um, apart from in choirs in primary school, high school, um, I took private singing lessons from year eight and then I'd, you know, I'd get up and perform at every possible chance. Um, shopping centres, talent quests, awards busking? nights. No busking. I've never done busking because I don't play guitar. That's I think that's one of the reasons I'd like to play guitar is so that I'm a bit more free to um, to just. It's a bit funny standing there just singing. Keyboards aren't portable. Although I have an accordion which I need to learn how to play. An accordion, and a, that, a squeeze box, yeah, piano accordion. That would be a piano accordion, and I I have it. Actually, that's so retro. It might just work too. You know. Yeah, it's. It's unfashionable, which... Yes, and if you could sing in a Polish accent, it'd go down even better. <laughs> Cause that's I was like thinking more of French kind of Edith Piaf songs. Oh, that'd work too. Yeah. <laughs> was performing a major part of your life during those uni years, or was it just something to... Um, do you, have you always wanted to be a performer? Yeah, I, I need to perform, I think. I think that's where I get my kind of satisfaction in life. 
Um, and if, right. if I go through not performing for a little while, it, you know, you start to feel like the world is ending. So what does, per- <laughs> what does performing give you? Um, probably attention. Oh, so you're saying you're a bit of an attention seeker? <laughs> I think that's where I, that's where I get my, uh, yeah, my fill of attention. I don't, I'm not a extrovert. A lot of, a lot of people who perform are extroverts, but then a lot of, People are introverts, and then that's where they like a lot of comedians will be quite introverted if you mm. meet them. Yeah. It's on stage where you, it's funny. It's on stage where you feel at home. So, you're as I know you in our world. You know, you're a very quiet, retiring person. <laughs> but on stage, when you're performing, you just blossomed. You were just more than say exactly an extrovert, but you were completely comfortable. Yeah, that's that's a funny thing, and it's it's been like that for uh, quite a while. I mean, I remember being very very nervous. I still get very very nervous actually about everything, including performing. But it works. The nerves seem to work to boost the performance. But I remember when I was in you know first year of university, I was actually doing classical because they didn't have jazz up in Townsville. So I was way out of my league singing in Italian and German and English in a very classical sound. Um, my leg would shake. I'd stand on one leg kind of somehow most of the performance and I could feel my whole body shaking and you hear that through the voice. But that doesn't happen anymore. I think it's so called vibrato, good. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's one way of getting it. <laughs> Not the most effective. Why jazz? Of all the musical styles, why yeah, jazz? Well, why, why not you know, modern, popular music? Like I don't know. I've just never been very fashionable, so um, <laughs> so I can't seem to do what the latest thing is. Well, people have a look at the photos on the site when I um, thieve them off your site and see how fashionable you look. Oh, in, that's the photographer. In your she's, stylish photos. That's um, Juanita Broderick um, from Broderick Photography, and she's. I went and looked at those photos after we did the big photo shoot and I thought, gee, I hope there's one photo at least that I can use for something. I hope. And I looked at them, and she just made me look really good. So yeah. it yeah. was. You look spectacular. It, it was her. You look very me. fashionable. Anyway, so jazz. I don't know. I think it's funny because I don't just sing jazz, and the music that I write is not really jazz. And I've had some issues with that trying to get it played, for example, on. ABC's jazz track they're like well it's not really jazz and you talk to someone who someone else and they're like of course it's jazz (laughs) so there's this real kind of discrepancy especially when it comes to vocalists and um, I think original songs that are that are mainly vocal um, as to what is jazz I mean I've got all jazz players on it Um, there's elements of improvisation but it's it's still it's not it's not modern jazz it's not out there enough for that and it's it's not traditional I'm not doing standards so it falls into this kind of crack and doesn't know where to go gets a bit lost um but jazz I love jazz and I think my voice is a very jazz voice wasn't any particular thing that I tried to do it's yeah how hard is it to be noticed you just mentioned trying to get onto the ABC Mm. Australian Broadcast Corporation's jazz show yeah how hard is it to be noticed for a, an independent, I take it you're not signed up with yeah. one of the big labels. Not yet. Well, I, from what I keep hearing, I don't think you want to be. I think you want to. Really? Yeah, it's horrish. Uh, yeah, horror I, I, don't, I don't mind if someone wanted to 
take some of my money in order to uh, make me a lot more money. Uh, remember when Prince had slave written on him? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's unfortunately what seems to happen. But anyway, that's another issue. What's, but, um, it, what's yeah. it like being an independent and trying to make it work? Because, you know, you're the first musician I've spoken to on the show in 50-something episodes. Hmm. And there are millions of wannabe musicians yeah. out there, and a lot of them, like yourself, are very, very good. Um, well, it's... First, I think that the main thing is to have a product. My EP, which I released in 2009, um, has been really helpful in that it's this tangible product. I take it and my promotional bio to a radio station and I can give it to them. I don't get played on commercial radio station at this time because, once again, my music doesn't fit into that, you know, the programming. But it's played throughout Australia on a number of community radio stations. So it's a matter of emailing people, it's a matter of doing press releases, it's a matter of making sure you're doing gigs. No one cares if you're not doing them. No one almost cares if you're doing them. Because it's me that wants to do it, I have to be making sure that I keep pursuing leads, keep looking for opportunities any kind of competition or anything like that, anywhere where they want people to perform for a particular event, just any time there's an opportunity to, to say, yeah, I'd like to do that, then do it. Sometimes they're not paid. Um, and then there's other things like I do corporate work. So I, I play at weddings, I play at um, launches, I play at any kind of, kind of celebration. Weddings, parties, anything. Any, anything jazz. And so we do the whole jazz standards there. That's not so much my original. We might throw in some originals. Every, every opportunity that you have to, to play somewhere, to make contact with someone and tell them about your music, then that's what it's all about. It's constant. So it's marketing. It's marketing, yeah. How, and do, you, how do you feel about that? Well, it's hard. I, I feel like the hardest thing, being slightly introverted, um, I find it really hard to say, hey, this is my music, you should listen to this, give me a gig, whatever, you know. It's like on Twitter yesterday, hey, I'm performing at the... Where am I performing? Oh, at Inspire Gallery and Bar this yeah. Sunday at 5.30. That's right. So, so that's the other, like social that. media. Yeah, yeah social yeah. media is great because you don't have to actually talk to people. <laughs> you can just talk to people through, through, mm. the, through a printed format, which is definitely my preferred Motive, so um, you can remain a bit introverted and still yeah, do the PR thing. Yeah, and I have a huge mailing list. Um, yeah, anyway, so it's constant. So how successful have you been at this strategy? Mm, um, what is success? What is success? To, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, I did my album launch in 2009 at the Brisbane Jazz Club uh, in August, and that sold out. Um, I did a, another concert there must have been in March in 2010. Wow, that's this year. And that sold out. So I get a, and I constantly am getting more fans just through different things online. So that's successful. It feels successful as in people like to hear my music. You know, not everyone, of course, everyone's got different tastes, but that feels good. That, that feels like success when people say, I really like this song. You know, success is in monetary terms. I got a good APRA, see, I get an APRA, like copyright fees. Every time I perform my original music, you enter 
that into APRA and, um, you know, you get a, a minuscule amount for every time you perform a song. Um, but this year I actually managed to make a decent decent amount, not enough to survive for a week, but... Um, <laughs> so a few hundred dollars. Yeah, a few hundred dollars, you know, and previously it had only been like, you know, 20 bucks here mm. and there. So this year I was like, okay, that's going well. Isn't it good when... You know, you go from nothing to something, from something to yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. They all feel like successes, don't they? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I'm aiming for is to be full-time performing and recording um, and touring. So, And that would be great to have some help with that because at the moment it's me doing absolutely everything except for when I hire the band, you know, and they, they play, um, which, is, which is good. <laughs> Um, Do you have a network of people around you, close people who um, support each other, feed off each other and supply work for each other, you know, that sort of thing? It's a little one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have another friend who's a singer-songwriter, Suzanne O'Leary, and so we, you know, we get together and chat about, you know, opportunities and what, you know, what, what have you found? You know, oh, contact this guy. Um, And then, you know, my jazz musicians gigs get offered around within there um so that's good but the day-to-day kind of marketing and promotion is all all down to me because it's my it's my thing it's my dream and it'd be this year one of my goals was to kind of get get a manager you've got a website (laughs) yeah and you sell your cd on the website yeah and you've got another cd in production at the moment haven't you you've got another album in production well it's um it's a slow slow kind of production it's a slow process i'm working just trying to find the right producer um at the moment um, last time i recorded i didn't really know much about what i was doing as far as kind of finding the right person and i found um someone that was really suitable for that last ep so that was good this time i've got a few other ideas so instead of recording basically a jazz trio and then putting the vocals over the top of it and then you know a guitar over the top of that this time I um we've started recording one of the songs with a string quartet as well as me playing piano um bass played by the engineer and um my usual drummer Trent Bryson Dean doing drums so we're, we're working on this one particular single at the moment which you've heard that's um Trouble um so it's a very kind of dark song which I've always wanted the strings in there so we just... Um, we're last, in the last time I saw you, just on the string recording. Yeah, well, we, we did the vocals as well. Um, everything's down, but I got sick and the vocals sound like I've got a sock stuffed in my nose. Oh, really? So uh, <laughs> we're going to do those again. <laughs> like I said, you've got a website. Throw us the web address quickly. It is uh, sarahcollier.com. S-A-R-A-H-C-O-L-L-Y-E-R. Dot com. Dot com. Yep, and let people can go there and find you. I promote quite heavily as part of using the music for the podcasts, Iodo PromoNet, Iodo Reliance. Have you ever heard of them? No. They are an independent music marketing promotion organisation. Yeah. And what they do is they allow bloggers and podcasters, once we apply, if we're valid, to use a couple of promotional tracks off their albums on a podcast and I use their music for intro and outros Mm. and that uh, if people go can go and listen to that music they can even download those particular tracks directly off my site but they can then go to iota and download the entire album Mm. it's a way of people getting known and they have some fairly 
mid-size groups and bands there. You know, mm. Some quite large, you know, people get involved with them now. Right. It's worth looking into them. I'll send you the link. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. There's so many great opportunities on the internet, you know, so... And they all can add a little bit. Yeah. And all of a sudden that snowball has got critical yeah. mass and away it goes. I went onto your site yesterday and you've now got a blog. Yeah, I do, you have, finally. You've got a blog there and <laughs> I had a bit of a quick read of that. So you've only just got that started and I scrolled down the, to the bottom <laughs> and there's a YouTube clip, which is your dark secret. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned how to make a... Um, what is it? creme brulee creme brulee yeah i learned how to make a creme brulee and i you thought know, yeah and i thought this this is something that i find fascinating this is what i love about doing this podcast is i get to see the um contradiction the, <laughs> the differences in people's personalities so here you are a jazz musician but you're also a i'm a i'm a cook yeah not a not a full chef but um a cook i did my commercial cookery course um when i lived in melbourne after i finished my bachelor of music in townsville i moved to melbourne and um, whilst pra- pl- practicing a lot uh, of keyboard and singing and doing gigs, I also worked in kitchens. Um, and I never like to do things just, just you know, I can't just do a job because I'm doing a job to get money. It's, it's some, there's always got to be some kind of connection there. And I've always kind of wanted to have a cafe, you know, have music playing, like live music. And after working in cafes, I'm not sure that I'll ever do it. But... Um, mm. It's it's a romantic idea, I think, that a lot of it's us It's like have. owning a bookstore. Wonderful idea because you like reading books, but you, owning you a bookstore is an entirely them. different animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I became. I was working as a pastry chef kind of, you know, six days a week. And, and the, romantic, the romantic kind of notions definitely got squashed. Are you pretty good as a pastry chef? Um, well, I guess I have the things that I'm good at making, um, but... More, I, I'm passionate about it, and I think that's. So where is that in your life now? Um, just you know, cooking at home. Okay. That's that's it's it. Just but I'd, on the back yeah, burner. I'd love to actually find an avenue for it. Like, the you fun- just gave me the idea of I could do my own cooking show. Of course, your own a, YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, and that could be like. Yeah, could also and you wouldn't have to have an outrageous my, French accent like that fellow you've my, got on there. <laughs> my music could be playing. And yes, cross-promote your music, why <laughs> not? I was um, actually used to put on little cooking, pretend I was doing a cooking show when I was little and cooking in mum's kitchen. Ooh, so, ooh the childhood keeps sneaking up on you, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> you could do a cooking show and promote your music all at the same time, and it's amazing how those things could interconnect. Yeah, because people definitely need more than... Just music, you know, there's always, you, it's it's a bit like you've got to have the value add. And, and while the custard is setting, you could race in next door and the camera could follow you as you yeah. rattle out a I quick could have, tune. Yeah, or I could have the jazz trio in here and we could just do a few tunes. Yeah, that's right, while the roast is cooking. And now that the roast <laughs> is cooking, we're back into it. <laughs> I think it's a tremendous. They're going to be have to heavily edited because you know, the, goes so the crazy thing is though, <laughs> the crazy thing is though, you need that sort of thing. You need that edge yeah. that will draw attention to you. Yeah. You know, there, how many other jazz musicians are there out there? You know, but a jazz musician. <laughs> how many singers are there out there? My goodness. Yeah, it's incredible. that's right. You've got to yeah. you've got to come out from the undergrowth somehow. <laughs> but you know, crossing it with you know, well, how many people love sweet fatty foods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, I think it's a tremendous idea. If you were to offer advice to people coming up through the ranks from what you've learned, you know, you've got a, a little bit of experience now, what would you suggest? 
on becoming a pastry chef or becoming... No, <laughs> yeah, if you want to, but I'm thinking more jazz. You know, most people are going to be coming to this for the whole music thing. Yeah, um, to be a jazz singer? To be a performer. Be, yeah. You know, how, is the uh, self-promotion important? You know, is, it, is it necessary to go to uni? Mm. Is it necessary to study like you have or can you be like a McCartney-Lennon and basically just learn on the road? Yeah, they did their Hamburg years, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so, well, the ultimate thing is practice, your craft. The 10,000-hour rule yeah. we were discussing about before yeah. we started recording. Practice, practice, practice. Performing, perform, perform, perform. <laughs> um, every Every opportunity that you have to do either of those, practice or perform, you need to take. Um, any opportunity you have to learn from someone else who, whether it's watching someone perform, that's, you know, invaluable. Um, and, you know, really analysing what people are doing, finding your own style rather than mimicking other people. Although, you know, in the beginning sometimes mimicking can really help, you know, getting heavily into, say, if you want to be a jazz singer, Ella Fitzgerald, you know. I mean, you can't go too far wrong learning everything that she knew. Well, it's often the way, isn't it? You learn from the masters and then you yeah. develop your own style. And then you develop that. your own style, yeah. Be immersed, I think, in in what you what it is that you're trying to do. If you If you're wanting to be a performer, go and see performances. Make sure you're performing somewhere as well. Make sure you're practising. Network, get to know other people that like sing, other people that perform, other people that, you know, play piano or guitar. And then lots of listening. Listening is so important because um, you learn so many things from what, you know, someone's already learnt before you. So, I think that's good advice. That's exactly the same strategies I'm using with this podcasting as I've been learning how to do this better and better. Fully yeah. immerse myself in it, surround myself with everybody who's in the technologies, yeah. doing the technologies well, and those who are doing it best, I learn from them. Yeah. And then adapt it to suit myself. So I think it applies across the board for all disciplines. Yeah. Pastry yeah. chef. There's no jazz, reason to reinvent podcasting. the wheel, is yeah. there? So yeah. someone's done it before, so you can learn learn from other people's mistakes is always a good good way yeah it's good so the future for you um where where do you hope this goes where do you know it's going from what you might have strategized strategized. when do you hope to have the new um, album finished Mm, um that'll be very late next year okay (laughs) if then okay um it yeah that's a i think that's more of a money thing though so the more money i can make this year. How, do you, how do you make money? How do you earn your income? Oh, um, I teach singing five days a week. Five, Pri- privately? Five days a week. I think mean, it's like four to five hours a day. Yeah. Teach privately. I teach out at Redland Bay. So that earns you some income? Yeah. So that's my income, which is a really good income. I try and save some of that and not spend it all on clothes and food and uh, put it towards recordings and paying my musicians. So even sometimes when I don't get paid, I'll pay my musicians because... That's professional. Yeah, it's professional. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, the album's still a while way off yeah. and longer term? What, what do you think? What, do you, what would you hope for? I really want to be touring um, internationally with my band. I'm not sure whether I want to actually be playing piano or just singing and having someone else play. I really like standing up out the front and performing. Sometimes you feel a little bit stuck sitting down at the piano. So a bit of, you know, everything there, but definitely kind of touring. I want to go over to Europe and tour over there. I think that's probably a 
better market than than Australia and America for me, for my stuff. Um, You've got a very European style, may I say. Really? I, I think so. Well, that's good. I feel I like so. I do. I don't don't quite fit the American kind of culture, but and then I'm I'm I have a British passport, so bonus. I'm a little lucky there, so yeah. I could. I could really just go over there. Um, that would be good. Um, I was in Japan a couple of weeks ago touring over there with a jazz band that I was singing for um, and met a lady from Austrade. And Austrade, you know, do a lot of kind of the setting up all kinds of trades, but definitely music. So looking into opportunities to tour through them. How was that experience? In Japan, it was really great. The people in Japan are absolutely lovely, the Japanese people. Um, and it's a, there's a really nice feeling over there. And there's a lot of clubs. You know, you walk into a club or even some restaurants and they've all got a grand piano in them. And uh, over here, you'd be, you, you know, you're flat out. You're like, oh, do you know where there's a grand piano? Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, probably, there's probably about four in the city and that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and they, they just had them everywhere. They weren't in tune, but... Um, but it, there's just a really nice music culture there. We were based in Kobe, uh, which is just kind of south of Osaka. Um, and they've even got, you know, this little jazz area, um, which is brilliant. Also went up to Tokyo and went to the Blue Note in Tokyo. And um, I didn't know that Clint Eastwood's son, Kyle Eastwood, plays the bass and writes music for a lot of Clint Eastwood movies, actually. Um and he just happened to be playing at the Blue Note in Tokyo when we were there. So we went and saw Carly's play. Is he any play. good? He's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant and, um, and lovely, not, not, a, um, not pompous in any way, you know, just and a, the music that he wrote. He played a particular one, just, just bass and, um, and piano, which was um, his theme from Letter, Letters from Iwo Jima. Um, the movie that Clint Eastwood directed. Yeah, it was incredible. Really beautiful, really beautiful music. So, And then he did some really funky stuff and some really brilliant jazz stuff. So, did, did you get noticed in Japan at all? Did I get noticed? I don't think in a big way, no. We had, you know, people at our shows, uh, but it's, it's so ongoing, you know. Someone sees mm. you once, what does that do? You mm. know, you forget about it straight away. So... It's all part of the drip, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely a, that constant drip. Yeah, yeah you just keep... <laughs> Until there's a big pool of it. That's of, right, that's yeah, right. It's, attention the, it's there. the same with what I'm doing with the podcasting. It's just drip, 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 you know, never give up, just keep doing it. Yeah. You know? And hopefully we get there. Yeah, well, yeah. Where are you going with it? With me? Yeah. <laughs> where are you getting to? Um, what I want to do, what I want to achieve with the podcast is um, I love doing this. I want to travel the world doing exactly what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. And I've already done a little bit of it. I've, yeah, great. Um, yeah, when I was in Buenos Aires a couple of years ago, last year, I did it. Recorded a few episodes over there. Um, Fabrizio and Celia, when they were here a few months ago, I recorded them. Uh, and when I was in Europe a couple of years ago, I recorded a few people around mm. Europe. So that's what I want to do. I want to meet more people. I want to travel more and meet yep. people and talk about their lives. As well as that, I've got the spin-off, which is Create Your Life Story, which is mm. my other show, which is teaching people how to record their life stories. You know, right. Mainly aimed at you know, your parents, your grandparents, yeah. you know, or you doing it for them. So that sort yeah, of thing. that's a great so idea. I think it is too. I think it's a wonderful idea. So I'm teaching people how to do what you and I are doing right now mm. because if you were my 
great aunt, I could be capturing your life story right now mm. for the family. Yeah. You know, so, and what we're doing right now is exactly the same technique. It's just you know, inquiring questions and letting people talk. Yeah. And eventually people settle down and start spilling their guts as you've been doing. <laughs> no, no, and it's entirely appropriately, you know. That's exactly what it's about. That's mm. wonderful. So that's, what I, that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. But you're going down jazz and... Um, well, whether it's jazz or not, I'm not sure. It's Jazz is, is such j- a, yeah, well, a funny well, word. Does it have to be just be singing and performing or does it have to be jazz and performing? Some, no, some yeah. people it's got to be jazz. Yeah, no, no, singing and performing. I mean, at the moment I even do some backing vocals for a friend of mine who is very not jazz. He, uh, he's folk rock um, with a bit of country and blues thrown in there. Is that fun after yeah, all the jazz? Yeah, it's so good. It's... Um, I just put some backing vocals to his songs. He um, he asked me to do one for a recording, and then it, that worked really well. And so he's now getting ready for the full album, and we're working on we're working on that. But um, in the meantime, I've done a string of performances, just him playing guitar and singing, and also some harmonica and me just singing. Um, you're, you're, you're lighting up, so you know this is playing. This, yeah, this was fun. This was fun. This was you know, work. I don't have to organise anything. Yeah. I don't have to cart my PA anywhere. Um, yeah, so it was just come along and sing. It's yeah, have fun. That's the best have thing. <laughs> okay. Well, Sarah, I want to go out. I want to go out today, as we say goodbye, with one of your tracks. So, what track would you recommend that we have bubbling away under us right now as we're speaking? I think the Rhine. Okay. The Rhine. Is there a story behind it? There is. Tell us. <laughs> Many years ago, when I was 17, I went to England just after I finished school and also did a tour around Europe, just holidaying, and went to um, Germany, a beautiful place. We were, I think it was called St. Goa. I was there in the middle of winter, and we were right there next to the Rhine River, and everything was just covered in snow, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And I've wanted to go back there ever since. I'm now 31. I haven't been back there, but I've been back to Europe. And then I did go back to Europe two years ago and met up with my now partner. So the the song ties into the new, you know, love and then also right back to when I was 17 and um, standing there looking at this beautiful river in Germany. Well, this is it. I hope people enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on this show, Sarah, at sarahcollier.com, mm-hmm. if you want to check it out, everybody. Thanks for coming on the show, and all the best with your future and your raging success that's hopefully <laughs> coming down the tunnel. Thank you. Hopefully. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I know it's been sad, but I never felt so.
There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.